0: Today, I'd like to welcome to the Pickleball Fire podcast, Hercilio Cabezas. How are you doing today?
1: All good, Ruth. Thank you for having me here.
0: All right. Well, I am so glad that you're able to join me here today, the day after Thanksgiving. And we have a lot of ground to cover because I think you've got some really interesting things that you're doing. But I do always like to start off with how long ago you started playing pickleball and how you were first introduced.
1: That's a good question. It's gonna be about two years. I was a manager at the Gillo American Indianapolis. So once I start working, I start missing like tennis. So I start going to somehow I start seeing that nobody was playing tennis anymore and everybody was playing like this fun sport, pickleball. So I kept going to this rug club and I keep watching it till some someday I just like went over and said, Hey, do you mind if I, play? they look at me a little bit weird, but they were really nice people. They gave me a paddle and I started playing. Of course, I coming from a tennis background. I started swinging really hard the ball. I mean, the balls were going in. So they said like, Oh, you're like, I played pickleball before you're a pro. And I was not, but they uh, enjoyed being with me. So they asked for my number and then they invite me every day to play. So after that, I just like, like super into, into Pickleball. I met some really good players and met a senior pro, which is Rick Witkin in Indianapolis. So I started playing more with him and he told me about the tour and what Pickleball was about. So I got into that and then I started playing tournaments and now addicted to it, right? Like everybody.
0: <laughs> now, I think you said that when you asked the group of people to play, they looked at you kind of weirdly. What was that about?
1: Because I, I, I was playing tennis and like, there is like a fight between tennis players and pickleball players. But uh, they find out like I was like super nice to them. And they really liked me being with them. And I was young. So that was like also like another point that the people in that group, they were older than me. So it's like I came to them and said, hey, cool, cool I play with, with you guys. So that's probably why.
0: Now, that was just a couple of years ago, but you are still very young because actually you are playing on the APP Next Gen Pickleball Tour. And I think you guys had your first tournament here recently. Is that right?
1: Yes, I was very excited to be part of the APP Next Gen. I am currently 23. So I got the invite from Ken Herderman. It was like my last year I could play it. So I knew about it and I knew it was going to be like a new format and I really wanted to play it. So I was super excited. It went like really well. I played with Real Tardio, who is 16 years old. He's actually from Bole. We did really well. After that, I played singles and I went pretty far in the bracket and I took the fifth place in the tournament.
0: Now, you said the format is a little different. How was it set up?
1: So... There were like the three events. We have like men's doubles, mixed doubles, and singles. But you don't earn any medals per event. You just accumulate points. So every round uh, you win in the winner's bracket, it's certain points. And any, uh, any round you win in the loser's bracket, it's certain points. So at the end, you get like your accumulation of points. And the total of that makes up the positions at the end of the tournament.
0: Now, how much longer will you be able to play in that series since you are at the top end of the age bracket?
1: Yeah, so uh, I turned 24 in October. So tell me I go play till next year before I turn 24.
0: Now, my understanding and just reading a little bit about the next gen essentially tournament or, or setup is that. It's a little bit of a instructional slash mentoring program. How does that work?
1: Great. So in that tournament, we had like some senior pros, such as Julie Johnson, Lee Whitwell, and John Sperling. And Ken was also part of it Byron. So we will play the, the tournament during the day. And then we'll have lunch together where we'll have seminars about nutrition, about like how we should behave in the court and uh, sometimes Bob Swissman, Su- the head ref will talk us about us how we'll have to to behave and act if like there's a bad call. And uh, so it was like super interesting, super different from what I've seen from our tournaments. Uh, and I was very happy to be part of it.
0: All right, so you mentioned a couple things in terms of what they were having seminars on. What did you learn about nutrition that you maybe didn't know before?
1: So, yeah, we, uh, actually, the one talk she said how like, nutrition will affect our performance in the court. She started quote, quoting so many players about like, the nutrition and how that has helped to achieve the results that they wanted. She finished with a very interesting quote. Novak Djokovic won a very big... He said, after winning the tournament, he said, hey, go, I please get a bite of chocolate. And after like two years without not having chocolate, he took a little square. So super interesting information. I think like just sharing that with, with the kids, those little... Teenagers that are taking pickleball seriously and they want to become pros up someday. I think those uh, type of events will help them a lot to mature and grow up uh, in the sport.
0: So tell me, are you eating chocolate right now?
1: I'm not. I'm, not, I'm actually trying to follow a diet. Uh, I have a personal trainer here who is uh, Jason Wilberg, and, and his nickname is the Keto King. So I started doing like target keto some months ago and it has really helped me in the pickball
0: world. Now that's really interesting because you said you really wanted to be a part of that next gen series and you're at the top of the age bracket, but you're also one of the top professionals already. I mean, why was that so appealing for you to, you know, participate in that?
1: I'm the pickball. People- Ambassador for Peru, and like one of my goals is to, of course, bring the sport to Peru and making it bigger, but also make the sport for everybody. So the kids play an important role in that, and me just being there and training some time with the kids and playing some great games with them before and after a tournament. I think that like, it fulfills what my mission is, and of course, like being an example for them as well.
0: Now you were recently. In Peru, for how long and what did you do there to promote Pickleball?
1: Yes, I was in Peru almost a month ago. I stayed there for three weeks. I taught some Pickleball clinics in the American Embassy back home. Then I went to some private labs, some private schools. I went to like public parks, to do some clinics as well. So then I was in a lot of meetings doing some interviews as well. Introducing the sport and also looking for some other places where we can start practicing pickleball, maybe making some courts and of course having a tourist stop in Lima, Peru.
0: Ah, so are the plans for that to be potentially in 2023 or 2024?
1: Yes, it will be in 2023. Actually, we are going to be hosting the Boundary Cup on 2023. We don't know the month yet, so... I was trying to get the the complex and how it will work for the next, our our work for like the next year to have a really good event.
0: Now, is pickleball popular in Peru at all yet, or is it just kind of ground floor getting started? It's just
1: starting. We created, well, I, when the president of the Peruvian Pickleball Association, we uh, created that in April this year. So we just we finalize the papers, uh, bring the equipment, had the balls and the paddles. And we started the practice of pickleball in August this year. So at the beginning, there were like some, we were really few people, but uh, now we're about like around between like 70, 80 people that, that go there every Wednesday and, and play.
0: Nice. That's very quick growth. And are these, um, uh... Young people or middle age, older, who is coming out there to the courts?
1: It's very diverse. We have kids from eight years old, and then we have like some seniors as well. I also like I was doing like a bunch of interviews as I told you. So and now people are starting like following more in social media and they're like coming from different cities and from different age groups. So everybody's welcome to come. Oh, we provide them like with the equipment and they're going to have a good time.
0: And so are you using tennis courts? Are there lots of tennis courts in Peru?
1: Actually, the tennis courts are red clay, so we we cannot use those. But in, in Peru and South America, uh, the practice of soccer is very common. So we play, they play a lot of futsal, mm-hmm. which is like mini soccer for uh, five against five and it's in a cement court. So we use those to, to play.
0: Oh, that, that works out great. So, yeah, you've got the hard courts that way.
1: Right, yes. Or sometimes i like in volleyball courts or basketball courts as well.
0: Now, are is the government or municipalities helping to promote the sport now and helping it to grow there?
1: Yes. So we just had a meeting with one of the most important municipalities back home. They are super interested in the sport. I think we are, might do a demonstration, an introduction or a little clinic for them within the next month. And also, you might know that the Pan-American Games were held in Lima in 2018. So Peru built five new complexes where they held their games and now they have to take care of them. So the organization that takes care of that is called El Legal or The Legacy. So I just had a meeting with the directors too when I was there to find a space in one of their complexes to to build some courts. And they really, have they are in the suburbs of Lima. So they have like a really good popularity and they will really like to implement, how do you call it? An academy. An academy that they can go there every uh, twice a week and we will have an instructor and they would like to promote it for kids, for seniors, for everybody. And I think that will be a huge step for us.
0: That sounds like a great program. Now, you're only in Peru every so often. So who's kind of carrying the torch while you're in the States?
1: Right. Well, I have a whole team. We are seven people that formed the association. And then we have our administrative staff. We have a couple of administrators. Then we have the director as well. So they are, they're in charge of like running social media, responding emails, like phone calls, whoever like reach out to the association, they will, they will take care of it. And if like, there's like a, uh, something that they will need me, uh, I'll of course, like take care of it as well.
0: Now who's the instructor while you're not there?
1: Well, right now the only certified instructor that is in Peru is Miranda Caviezes, who is my sister. She's as well as she's also a World pickle ambassador for Peru, a junior pickle ambassador for Peru. And she was the first international to be certified as a coach. So uh, she's back home right now. She's actually like doing some clinics as well. And every time like somebody comes into play, like she will help them as, and guide them through the rules. But also I am forming a couple of uh, coaches. There, of course, pickable is so new. So, when I was there, I contacted the top guys of different racket sports that will be interested in teaching. So, during like some meetings with them and tell them like some tips uh, of how they can teach. And hopefully, like they will also help me out in this uh, beautiful project.
0: Now, you're going to be very busy, certainly, here with the pro tour in, in the US and maybe even some of the international events, some of the other ones. When's the next time you'll be in in Peru to continue to promote the game?
1: Yes. Well, I I hope that I am there uh, probably at the end of this year or sometime early next year. I have like some meetings to close up and hopefully, like as I told you, we can, we can held the Vanquish Cup in 2023 and we can do a a really big tournament and be the first stop in South America for the tour.
0: Well, that's awesome. You definitely have a lot going on. And anytime I talk with somebody of your caliber, I always like to make sure and leave the audience with something kind of instructional in nature, something to help with their game and any top tips for people out there, or maybe even geared towards the younger players? Cause you, I mean, you're still definitely one of the younger players, but at that next gen tournament, you were probably playing against some high school. For me, as a personal
1: experience, I was a tennis player. So I tried to be a professional tennis player when I was a kid and I had the opportunity to throw to Spain a lot, play a lot of pro tournaments, but I was the kid that will work really hard on the court and will be the best training partner. But then I wouldn't have the results I wanted. I will always go to the tournaments, the national tournaments, and I will lose in the first round, maybe the second round. Uh, But then I will go to the court and keep playing and keep practicing. The reason I tell you this is because I got like some sports psychologists back home and they told me like, hey, winning is going to be a consequence of all that hard work. So I just keep working hard. And then in my last year that I played the national tour back home, I got the results I wanted. I started. Get into the semifinals. I uh, won a couple of national tournaments. Then I, I was always in the final. Uh, so I think like that's something that um, I really want to tell to the kids, the young players today. Uh, don't get frustrated if if you go to a tournament and don't have the best performance. Just keep working hard, and that will come by itself.
0: No, did you have to change your mindset at all for that to happen, or really was it more the physical training that? Gave you the confidence to get the result? I, I think it
1: was like uh, just do that extra rep, right? That extra repetition and be conscious of like, I'm doing the right thing. It was like um, not being so many, so much time in the court. It was like quality and always like being very serious of what I was doing.
0: Now, just out of curiosity, is there anything that you might do in terms of off court training that you think is fairly unique, but it helps your game?
1: Well, I started doing yoga uh, and I think it really helps me a lot while I'm, I'm in the dinks and when I have oh. to like reach for a far ball. I think that it helps me out and give me that balance that I needed.
0: So then it sounds like the yoga provides. Probably a little bit more flexibility in addition to the balance also.
1: Right. Right. It makes you uh, feel like more stable in the court.
0: Now, where did you get the idea to get into yoga? And did you really do that specifically to help your game?
1: So I moved to Naples, Florida at the beginning of this year. And I didn't have that many friends. So I was waiting for some activities to do in the morning. So there's a a yoga place really close by here. And I just went without knowing, like, practicing yoga before. It was kind of like an experiment. And then I met some friends. I really like it. So I just kept going, and it helped me on my game.
0: Now, does it help you also be a little bit more, I guess we could call it, centered as you play. Do you get some of that from the yoga? Yes, actually it does.
1: And also it's a time where you can find yourself and just relax and disconnect also from the people court.
0: <laughs> so is this something now that you practice every day?
1: Not every day because I am, as you might know, I'm traveling a lot, but whenever I am in town, I usually make a time for it.
0: All right. Well, let me finish up today with just a couple more questions I do always like to ask the pros. Which pickleball paddle do you use and why do you use it?
1: Right now, I am playing with the Engage poach Icon. Whenever I was trying the Engage paddles, uh, some uh, rep gave me all the demo, the, the all the demo paddles. This one in particular was like the pop was very different. It's like a really powerful pal and especially for me, that I I like to speed up a lot and rifle the ball a lot. It just gives me that extra pop that I needed, you know. And uh, it also like gives you a lot of control uh, in the mid court, and then of the, and the dinks. And then whenever I have that to speed up and, and put the, the ball away, it also like is perfect for it. So I think it's a pal that fits my game really well.
0: All right. Well, let me finish up then. I'm not sure how much you're teaching and and doing clinics or where they are and if it's around the country, but if somebody wants to get in contact with you, where is the best place for them to reach out?
1: Oh Yes, on my social media. You can find me on Instagram, hkbss98, or you can contact me through Facebook.
0: All right. Well, then anything else we should know today?
1: Well, if you haven't played pickleball, just go to the court and start playing.
0: <laughs> yeah, good point. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the Pickleball Fire podcast. I really appreciate your time and hearing about everything, especially that's going on in Peru and in, in terms of pickleball.
1: Thank you, Ruth. Thank you for this time. and uh, I hope that most people start playing this wonderful sport. And of course, uh, having the kids uh, coming up because at the end, they're gonna be the future of this.
0: Very true.